Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode 115 of ADHD for Smartass Women. Today, I have invited Lynn Minor Rosen to our podcast. Lynn is the founder of LMR Coaching and the creator of the ADHD Job Squad, where she provides coaching instruction and support to college students and adults with and without ADHD, executive functioning deficits, and learning differences. And she does this worldwide. She is a leading expert on ADHD career coaching and is an ICF credentialed and board certified career development coach and an ADHD, executive function, and life coach. She's been a special education teacher and an IEP coordinator. I think she did that for like 12 years. She also has a BS in business administration and in true ADHD fashion, two master's degrees in education and special education. Like you, she's learned to manage the demands of her life and career while navigating symptoms of ADHD. Welcome, Lynn. Thanks, Tracy. I'm so happy to be here again. Yeah. It's been great. It's been a while. but I'm It has. I think you were one of the first episodes that I recorded with a guest. Lynn and I have known each other for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I consider her a friend. Aww, uh, me too. Likewise. So did I get all that right? Yes. Perfect. 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 I also just noticed that you're going to be one of the expert speakers for Linda Rogley's ADHD Women's Palooza. I am. And I think you are too. Yeah. I was looking through the guest list. I guess that's what you call it. The speaker list, mm -hmm. probably yeah. the speaker list. And I was like, there's Lynn. I'm so excited to be in her company. I think by the time this podcast airs, it'll already be over. But I have to say, Linda's ADHD Women's Palooza was one of the first things that I attended. I think I, I bought the package. It's cheap. I think it was like $97. And it was all these experts 
on ADHD and different subjects within ADHD. And I just remember I learned so much that first year that I ended up buying it year after year. So I highly recommend it. And I think this year, I'll post the link to the Palooza in our show notes, but I think this year, they're going to have Edward Hallowell, and everybody knows who he is, Sari Solden, yeah. who's a one of the <clears throat> leading experts on ADHD and women. And I think I saw William Dodson. He speaks all about rejection-sensitive dysphoria. Mm. Terry Matlam was in there, Roberto Olivardia um, on CBD and cannabis. And one of the, the speakers that I just, I love it every time she talks is Julie Skolnick, who talks about yes. two yes. E and gifted women with ADHD. Mm-hmm. She's terrific. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, I was delighted to see you there. And I'm super proud to be one of the uh, presenters this year as well, <laughs> especially since that's where I started, right? That was one of the first yeah. things that I did to learn about ADHD. So before we start on careers and the job squad and all that, can you give us your two minute, how did I come to be diagnosed ADHD story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just two minutes. I think you need to time me to make sure I don't go <laughs> over the two minutes because I will yak and yak. You know, I remember, I'm going to just say the first time I really realized I had ADHD is when I went to my first CHAD conference. Mm. And it must have been about 10 years ago. And I sat in on Dr. Littman, who wrote the amazing book about ADHD in women. And she started to talk and share all the newest research about women with ADHD. And she went slide by slide and literally tears were coming down my face. And I knew in my gut, I said, uh-oh, that's me. What made and you even be there at Chad if you had no idea that you had ADHD? Oh, because I was going to be an ADHD coach. Oh, <laughs> full circle. And both my kids had ADHD and because of my the experience I had as a teacher working with those kids in middle school and high school and elementary and college, I just thought, oh, I want to find out about this coaching thing. And so I ignored after Dr. Littman, I ignored it, didn't do anything about it. Then 10 years later, it got worse. And that's when I said, okay, I got to talk to a professional because I was misdiagnosed. I had, a, I went to a lot of doctors. You have anxiety, you have depression, you're, you know, you have this, you have that. And one doctor said to me, well, you're almost 60. So really what's the point? <laughs> what, why does it matter if you're diagnosed or not? Nice. Yeah. And we now know that estrogen is completely linked to ADHD symptoms and, you know, increases and decreases in dopamine. So yeah, oh, it makes total yes. sense. Wait, just wait till you after menopause. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> but I've learned so much. I have so many workarounds now, Lynn. <laughs> Good. Um, so, Lynn, I wanted you on this podcast because I kept getting questions from our women about COVID and finding a job. One of these women was Trish G., and this is what she wrote to me. I'd be very interested in a podcast focused on finding a job in a pandemic with ADHD. 
Like many, I found myself furloughed and have not had a lot of success finding a new job. Maybe talk career change, strategies for finding jobs. You know, the secret network. I don't know what the secret network is. You all are going to have to share that with me. (laughs) How, How to move to a different career or industry. Tips for interviews. I need practical, informed, real world advice for people who see all of the possibilities, but find it hard to focus on just a few. I feel like with my ADHD superpowers, I should be better at finding a job. There's a lot of questions there, probably too many to cover, you know, in one podcast episode. But can we start by talking about the current job market, given the length of this pandemic? I think that everyone thought it would be a couple of months, but it has literally been going on, it feels like, for forever. And I've heard that this is the worst job market since the Great Depression. Is it really that bad? The job market is bad. And it's even harder for women. I think women, and there's been a lot of information on the news about this recently. I know there was a story in the New York Times, and they were doing something else that this pandemic is affecting women more than any time or any other time because they have to stay home with the kids. (laughs) So it's really causing a lot of havoc. And yes, but here's the thing. There is a pandemic. And yes, there are, uh, our job market is limited, but there are jobs. There are jobs. I just always believe that there is always a job, right? And so much of it is our thoughts around, oh my gosh, you know, I ran some numbers and the unemployment rate was 14.7% in April, 2020. But for those aged 20 to 24, it was 25.6%. But the good news is, in January of 2021, that dropped to 6.3% and 9.7% for those aged 20 to 24. I know my daughter had just graduated from, you know, I really should have had my daughter here doing this interview (laughs) because she is right in the middle of it. And she just graduated from college in June. And she was telling me that she had a lot of friends whose job offers were literally rescinded in April. They They no longer had a job. Well, I think a lot of that too is the companies didn't know how to adjust to this new world. And Mm -hmm. I think what I'm hearing and reading about is, although the job market has changed because of COVID, when we do return, it should be easier for people when they do return because companies are going to be more flexible about how they work and how teams work and how businesses work. And that's so great for women, I would think, too, because yes, one of the things that I've been hearing, again, secondhand through my daughter, is that there's so much more remote work. Like, Mm -hmm. is that when you say the job market has changed, is that one of the big things that you're seeing, that there's so many more jobs where at least part of it is going to be remote? Yes, and I think that's because of the power of women. And because they are carrying the burden much more than anybody else, and the numbers for women is much higher than for men. And I think companies are going to have to make changes so that they can work around whatever those challenges are with the family. So when you're saying the numbers are much worse for women, are we talking like unemployment rate? Yes. Uh. Yes. It is more devastating because they have had the burden of childcare. 
Yeah. And that's been the hardest thing is, you know, going back to school, raising their kids. I mean, you know, it's reentering the workforce is very tricky anyway. So, yeah, I think it'll get better, though, for them. So is there any other way that you've seen the job market change since the pandemic? Well, it's clearly, I mean, from my point of view as a career mm -hmm. coach, it's really people are out of work and they need to not really recreate themselves, but think about what they really want to do, where they really want to go, what's really in their future, how can they adjust to what's happening right now, and how do they you know, deal with that low self-confidence and move forward? And it's so key, I would assume, because of these ADHD interest-driven brains. So I guess my question is, at what point should we consider making a career change? I mean, Trish got it right, right? Mm. We see all the possibilities, which means it's often hard to focus on just one or even a few. And maybe one of the, the gifts of this pandemic is, I suspect there were a lot of ADHD women that were in careers that they really hated, but they just kept going. Yeah. And this has made them pull back and maybe ask, okay, well, what do I really want to do? So can you yeah, speak and, to that? And not, yeah. I mean, I think that women have to decide, do they want to stay in the same career? Do they want to switch careers? And everybody has a different you know, idea of where they want to be. But one thing to think about is before you apply to the same sort of job you've had, you know, held 20 years ago, or that you want to have is you want to think about, is it a good fit for you now? And really think about how that fits for your life. And do you have to start all over again? Can you take what you've known and bring it into something new? And that's what's really important is really taking the time to understand who you are and getting really clear on what where you want to go. And that's a process that sometimes people have to work with a coach on it because they don't always know what's the right step. And so, I always say you have to know yourself first. Ah, Okay, so the next question for me would be, okay, so what are the kinds of questions that we need to ask ourselves when we're considering, am I going to make a career change or am I just going to go back to what I know, what I'm good at, but I hate? Yeah. The first thing is you want to not only get to know yourself really well, but weigh your options. Think about all the different offers that come your way. What might not look like a really good fit right now or a year ago might be a good fit next week. You know, you want to keep an open mind. You want to take the time to learn what those different jobs are. So like asking people what they do, learning about different careers online or connecting with people on LinkedIn and looking at their background to see how did they get there? What jobs did they have before that? And Here's an ADHD tip. This is very typical ADHD. Don't accept the first job that you're <laughs> offered. And, you know, that is really important. And also what we know more than anything, Tracy, is people need to think about these things and do this work when they feel good about themselves. Oh, totally. 
It's all about the positive emotion. Yes. And I think what happens, we get so, it's so stressful and there's so much anxiety around looking for a job and we have so many limiting beliefs and self-doubt that it really gets in the way of even making that first step. So I think more than anything during these difficult times is women need to take care of themselves. And when they take the time to think about their career, do it after a walk or during a walk or going to the gym or being outside or doing something where they feel really good and then think about it. It's so key. (laughs) It just makes sense to me. And also beyond that, I would think that if you go back in your career path and you Mm -hmm. think about all the times that you were doing work and you were feeling really good, you were feeling a lot of positive emotion, those are probably signs of what your new job should encompass, right? That direction, wherever the positive emotion was. Exactly. And I don't know how you knew that, but that's the first thing I do is do a worksheet with my clients and have them write down all of the jobs they've had, let's say the last five years, you don't want to go too crazy here, and list what tasks you did on the job. And then on each task, did you like it and why, or didn't you like it and why didn't you like it? And start to think about that you might have had a job that you hated the boss, you hated the location, you hated the people, but you loved working at the deli and slicing the meat and making the sandwiches. Loved it. Yeah. I want you to remember that. I want my clients to go, oh, I totally forgot about that because I hated that job, but I loved doing that one thing. You know, I have um, a lovely client and... I asked her, was there ever a job, a career that you absolutely loved? And she said, yes. And when she started talking about it, what came about was she was always learning. She was always challenged. And she had a boss who believed in her and Mm. just wanted her to succeed. He pushed her because he saw her potential. And that's such an ADHD thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. That we're in the right environment. So I Mm -hmm. bet you there's a lot of people who, you know, they're confused because they've had jobs in this one area and some of the time they've loved what they've done and other times they've just hated it and they haven't quite connected that environment is so important to us. Don't you think? Absolutely. And, but I also think that the impulsivity of ADHD, we want uh, results fast and we want to get the answer and, you know, take care of it. And the work that needs to be done to whether you're switching careers or choosing your first career, or even just trying to deal with executive functions while you're on the job, mm-hmm. it takes time. And you have, have to have a plan. You have to have like, okay, where am I going? How am I going to get there? What do I need to do first, second, third, fourth? And I think that that's where people get stuck is they go into this wheel and they don't know where to get off. They don't know where to start. And that, what we know, causes anxiety. And when you're in that anxious mode, you can't remember all the good things you've done. So true. it's like a, it's like a, you know, tumbleweed mm-hmm. in a way. <laughs> it just builds, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what about 
re-entering the workforce when mm-hmm. you haven't been working for a while. I bet you there's a lot of moms listening who've raised their kids. They're starting to go off, you know, to college, maybe their first job. And they know they, you know, this is one of the things with ADHD women that I've discovered. We care Mm -hmm. more about meaning and living to our potential than other people that I've met just for Mm -hmm. sure about that. And so they're, you know, they're not the kind of people typically who are just going to retire and, you know, drive off into the sunset. They want to do something that gives their life meaning, but they haven't worked for maybe two decades. And so they've lost their confidence. Can you give us some advice on how to approach that from, you know, if you're re-entering the workforce after not having been part of it for decades? Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, you want to brush up on your skills. Think about what skills you used to know or what might be relevant to boost your chances of landing a job when the time comes. So whether it's learning how to do Excel uh, spreadsheets or taking, you know, maybe take a few classes or read some books or scour the internet to try to find out what are the latest trends in that industry that you worked in before or still have interest in. So what you want to do also is think about those stories, you know, as you're thinking about your past jobs and what you liked and didn't like is try to remember those stories of when you were in that job and you had success or Mm. things went well, or you made a big difference. Even though it was a long time ago, it's still you. It's still part of who you are. Yeah. I love that. What I have noticed is (laughs) so much of our personality and who we are it was there when we were born. Yes. And it doesn't change. And so when we can capitalize on those natural strengths. Yes. Sky's the limit, don't you think, Lynn? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I told I tell everybody, you can do whether if you have ADHD or not, you can do anything you want to do. There are very few jobs you can't do because of ADHD. And I think those jobs are just because if you have severe ADHD and you need to take medication, or even if you have mild ADHD and take medication, no judgment, there are certain careers that you can't do that. Like you can't be an airline pilot for American Airlines if you take medication, ADHD right? medication. So that's those are the only limits. Mm-hmm. So it is about addressing that self-confidence which I, which I have to, I just have to interject. That is the most ridiculous rule that I've ever heard because we know that there are people with ADHD who are so hyper-focused on anything related to aeronautics, flying. I mean, they'd make the best pilots. And I personally believe most pilots have ADHD. It's just their area of hyper-focus and interest, right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that Mm -hmm. do much better with some sort of treatment, for sure. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we have a society, or fortunately, whatever it is, there are occupations where if you are on any kind of medication, that's a red flag for them. And it'll probably be that way for a while. Yeah. Like, well, especially police department, firefighter. Yeah. yeah. 
that's where. And it's so funny because all those careers, they attract the ADHD traits, you know, it's yes. so silly. Yes, it is because you, they can be amazing employees. Yep. Yeah. They're usually hopefully. better than the neurotypicals yeah. in those specific areas. Hopefully that will change in the future. I hope so. I think it's the administrative tasks, you know, the mindless stuff that you don't really care about and little tiny details and there's no interest. Those are the tasks that I think we just really struggle with. Yes. If you're not interested, that's part of the problem. And and that's why a lot of people are switching careers because they're finding, ugh, you know, I don't like this job. I don't like what I'm doing. Many women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, especially 30s and 40s who are millennials, they took the first job they could get out of mm. college because the economy was so bad. And I see that could be happening again now. Mm -hmm. And now they're realizing, oh my gosh, this was not the right career for me. Now what do I do? And you know that's what winds up happening is that they they took jobs for the reason wrong reasons, either be, to make money or because their parents told them to or because they, yeah. you know, they were impulsive and just grabbed it and thought it was be, going to be good and now are realizing it's not a good match for me. Yeah, or it's prestigious, right? <laughs> that's another yes. one. Yes, yes. So, can you tell me why did you decide to start? the ADHD job squad? Thank you for asking. So when the pandemic hit, and you and I were talking and we talked about my coaching practice, I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and it was really amazing work. I love what I do and I love helping all adults, young adults, old adults, doesn't matter. And when COVID hit, I said, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching is great, but not everybody can afford that. And it wasn't even just about the money. It was, I felt the need, Tracy, to like help everybody. I didn't know what I could do. I didn't know how I could help more people because I've heard so many. It was mostly on your uh, Facebook page. Yeah. And I would go on your Facebook page and listen to the, your followers and say, oh, my God, they need, you know, I want to help them, but I'm only one person. So I put, you know, my head to the paper and started writing things down. And I decided that I wanted to come up with an online website and membership community that was there to inform, encourage, and positively support all adults, whether you have ADD, ADHD, executive functioning deficits, any neurodiversity, but you have a place to go to get the right information because there was so much noise on the internet. And it was, people were giving bad advice. And I said, uh-oh, you know, I'm seeing a problem here. People have questions. How do I choose a career? Where do I get a job? How do I write a resume? How do I go on an interview? How do I virtually network online? <laughs> oh. oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I started to put this together. And that's how it came. And it's a place where people can come for a community, for support. Even people who are working will do a 30, 60, 90 day plan to get those executive functions taken care of on the job. No stigma, no judgment, no politics. Yeah. And <laughs> Expert advice, because 
there are very few people, Tracy, that are both credentialed and certified career coaches or job coaches and ADHD coaches or understand ADHD. And that's what I hear a lot. The the women that come to ADHD Job Squad and men say that to me all the time as I was working with another person and they just didn't get me. Yeah, exactly. Especially when they're saying, oh, well, just first of all, they're telling you what to do, right? Go do this. And then you come back and you haven't done it. And they like, what's your problem? Just go do it. They don't get how difficult some of these things can be for us. And can you imagine like if you're out of work and you're feeling bad anyway, to have that, to hear that would be really debilitating. Yeah. And so what I like to do is support, encourage, you know, inform all of that. Well, and beyond that, I know that for our ADHD brains, connection and community is yeah. so important. So I get that, okay, you're like, you know, you're the cream of the crop as far as ADHD career coaches. So you're expensive <laughs> and you only have so many hours in the day. Yes. But I also see that, okay, so this is much more affordable, but yeah. I almost think it might even be better because better. if what you're lacking is confidence, just being around other people that are like you, that are also struggling, like it just, it reduces the shame. It buoys you up. It it makes total sense to me, Lynn. (laughs) Yes. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, something new and magical. But then I started to read back because I love, you know, my reading. I love, I'm a geek when it comes to research and reading. And one of my favorite mentors is Richard Balls. And he's been around, he passed away a couple of years ago. He wrote, What Color Is Your Parachute? Mm. And he revised it himself every single year. Yeah. It was amazing. And I started going back and even Richard Balls back in the 80s, and 90s was talking about the benefit of career work in a group. Ah. And that's when I said, oh, boy, it's not, I didn't just make it up. It is something that really, really helps. Well, you're making it fun. It's not this doom and gloom. I'm in this, like, little vortex (gasps) all by myself, right? Right. Yeah. We do workshops. We have expert interviews. We do, you know, little mini lessons and worksheets and activities. And it's really, you know, something that people feel really good about. That just sounds great. And it sounds so needed right now with COVID because, you know, finding a job is stressful anyway, Mm -hmm. but then you attach the pandemic onto it and then ADHD. Yeah. yeah, I, (laughs) I can't imagine that there is a more difficult time to be, you know, looking for a job. Yeah, it is very difficult. And, you know, one of the things, and I know you talk about this too with the people in your groups, is to take care of yourself, be Mm -hmm. healthy. And that's number one. You know, all of this work is very stressful and very, you know, it's not hard. It's just takes time and -hmm. it's stressful, but you have to take care of your body, you have to take care of your brain. You have to get good night's sleep. You have to get out and move. That's so important anyway, but even more so when you're thinking about a career or a job. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any parting words of advice for us as a career coach? Uh, yes, I do. 
people ask me all the time, how do I find a job? I've applied on Indeed and Glassdoor and I don't hear back. I don't get hear anything. 70% of jobs are found through other people. Ah, that has not changed. <laughs> and 80% of the jobs that are available are not posted online. Really? Yep. So they never get to the point where they're posted online because someone knows somebody who would be great for that job. Yes, or they don't have the sophistication or they are thinking maybe we'll get somebody from in-house and don't realize the importance of posting it. That's mm -hmm. why it's networking. Networking is super important. And, it, and you can network with your friends, your family. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about the good old days of going to one of those meetings where you have the, your name sticker and you're handing out business cards and shaking <laughs> hands. No, no, no. I'm talking about like, you know, somebody, even somebody that you know, tell them you're looking for a job. Tell them. You never know who they know. Mm-hmm. So my daughter was talking about, I don't know, she came out of her, um, she's actually moving to New York on Sunday, moving back to New York. That's where mm. she went to school. And um, so she's been looking for a job. And it's interesting how initially when she, she took the LSATs, so she wasn't really concentrating on the job search, but within the last month she has. And, you know, it used to be when you applied for a job, usually within two weeks, you heard right back. Mm. But what she has discovered is that is not happening, but you'll hear back like three months later. So I think that means that there must be more companies out there now looking for employees. You think? Oh, definitely. They definitely are. But it's up to us or the people who are looking for the job to let them know that you're the best candidate for the job. Yeah. They're not going to seek you out. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> they don't even know about you, right? <laughs> right. Well, I do hear a lot of people saying, I'm just going to send them my resume and they can pick from it what they need. And that doesn't work. So you have to really target companies that you want to work for, understand the industries that you want to be in, do as much homework as you can. And then when you go on those interviews or fill out, complete a resume and send a resume, it's going to be more focused on that particular job that you're mm. applying for. Yeah, that makes sense. So Lynn, where can people find you if they want to know more about you and what you do? Well, they can go to ADHDjobsquad.com or reach me at my email, info at ADHDjobsquad.com. And they can also find me social media at ADHDcoachlynn. But I have something special for your audience, Tracy. I'd like to offer them a $10 off my monthly membership fee for ADHD Job Squad. Right now, the fee is $77 a month. And any of your listeners that are listening right now, I'm going to give you a special link so that you can get $10 off every month forever. That's wonderful. I think they'll like that. So <laughs> it, the link is learn, L-E-A-R-N dot ADHDjobsquad.com slash women. Perfect. And I will make sure to post all of your links, including this last most generous link 
in our show notes. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about, Lynn, is what our brains need more than anything else, but we balk about it, is structure. And I would think that in the job search, but then even beyond the job search, that is what's so important. And that is what Job Squad provides, right? Exactly. We have four different levels. So whether you're looking for a career, choosing a career, or just want to explore what is the job market out there, or you're ready to job search, or even ADHD on the job, let's talk about those executive functions that get in the way every single day of our job and how can we make our day better, our work better. And then I have one more section, campus to career success. And what's that about? That's about college students starting Ah. in college because they need to start when they're freshmen. And they don't realize that. And I can help them step by step, little steps, easy, not hard, but they need to do a little bit every year. I need to get my son signed up for this. (laughs) He's a freshman. It would be perfect. Anyway, Lynn, thank you so much for spending time with us here today. That was so fun. My Uh, pleasure. (laughs) So that's what I have for you all for this week. If you liked this episode with Lynn, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, they really help in that regard. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smart Ass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.